0: Good evening, and welcome to the Backbone Breakdown. I am a special guest. You don't get your regularly scheduled hosts for this evening. Uh, My name is Dr. Agon. You probably have never heard of me, probably don't have any idea who or what I may be, but my name is Dr. Agon, And tonight, here with me, I have Dr. Acula, which I'm sure you will absolutely never guess. Who he may be, but we are your hosts, Doctor Agon, and Doctor Acula.
1: I no, I will not abide this farce. No, wait, wait. You know who I am. I, you know I, who I am. I, I know who you are.
0: What? I know who you are. Doctor no! Agon, Agon. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Anyways. In, I just thought it was a funny gag that I've seen in a few different so, Dragon it, Quest is it, is games. Is that, really, is that really how you imagine his voice sounding? Like, no, like, I was just to trying me, to think in, of like a doctor-y game, voice. I was well, he's much like, more cheery. Hey, I'm Dr. Aggin. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could do the whole bit over again. I'm Dr. Egan. Yeah, yeah, it could be. But anyways, yeah, it's a reference to this evening's game. Dragon Quest V, because mm-hmm. he shows up. Um, I'm pretty sure he's shown up in other games. I could be totally wrong about that. Um, maybe I've just seen that pun in other places. And then we were talking before the episode, you mentioned Scrubs, and so it had me think of Dr. Acula. Because mm. the same kind of deal Do- going on. Dr. There, so.
1: Acula <laughs> and Dr. Adam. <laughs> you know what? So, I can appreciate aside
0: that. from uh, watching some Scrubs, uh, what have you been up to the past fortnight? Uh, well, uh, not enjoying the recent winter
1: weather. I have mm-hmm. sort of hit a mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. peak right winter there with fatigue. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that week that you've experienced has been, right. has been my, uh, no, life. But, uh, <laughs> it's been my life for the last like three months. <laughs> no, it, it hasn't been that bad. It's been a pretty mild winter, but last week it snowed like every single day, Yeah, which is like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It looks so pretty falling,
1: but. And it looks really pretty sitting. Like when you get up in the morning, yep. if you mm-hmm. don't have to go outside, it's like, it. like yeah. it's like super like, like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Uh, it, then when you have to go out and walk in it and shovel it and all that stuff, you're like, <laughs> no, <sighs> no, I hate you. You are the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, enjoying the kitchen face yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of been a big thing. That was a, and, and you and I talked about this in the bro hang a little bit. That was a week. <laughs> and it was like, it was like one of those things where it's like, I would set, like, I'd be like, Hey, let's try to get X, Y, and Z done. And then it's like eight o'clock at night and we got one thing done and I'm going, <laughs> Oh, I hate this. This is why I do not do these things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just kind of been, it's been good. Uh, here in two or three weeks, uh, I'll be heading to my, my grandfather's memorial service. So okay. that'll be, okay. that'll be weird. But um, mm-hmm. I I mean yeah, dude. Like for the most part, doing fine. Like it's kind of just like yeah, just kind of putzing along and you know playing some Vigi games, reading some yeah. books, watching nice. some Scrubs. <laughs> uh, I I did acquire some new Ultraman's.
0: Oh, um, nice. Which mm, mm-hmm. mm. which one did you spring for?
1: Uh I got Ginga. Okay, cool. Because that's the one I really wanted. Okay, um, sweet. Let me talk about my Ultraman.
0: <laughs> well, um, it may come up later in the in the okay. podcast. So I'm I'm just saying. Well,
1: I did I did see that that message between uh, you, me, and Wes, and it's like mm-hmm. Ollie
0: said, and Ultraman Ginga has the power of fire. Yes, like yep. yes, we went yes. we went to the park, and I overheard, and and my son is super outgoing, like. He, he just, he loves to meet new people. So anytime there are kids there around his age, he's like, hi, I'm Oliver. What's your name? You know, just strikes up a conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, he had been playing with some of the kids for a while. And I was just sitting down. I, w- I was doing some reading for school and uh, I overheard him and he is talking about Ultraman to this other kid. And I'm just like, oh, I love it. I love it so much. That's a, that's definitely like a proud dad moment. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'm like I'm sure this other kid has no idea who Ultraman is, but I just love the fact that Ollie is going on about him and telling him about him. So aside from the fact
1: that you are winning at being a dad, <laughs> um, what's uh, what what's uh, and that? Well, you guys sort of like you're in Texas, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, uh-huh. you, you you had snow. Of a significant variety for the first time ever in your life.
0: Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. uh, We had talked a little bit about this earlier in the bro hang. um, But this snow was actually, so it was the most I'd ever seen in my entire life. Mm -hmm. There's that for sure. Um, But also it was of a different quality than the snow that I had been around where generally the snow will like get hard and sticky almost immediately. And this was actually very, very soft and billowy. And that's something that like I had never experienced before, you know, where like you put your foot in it and it just automatically goes right to the bottom, to the, to the ground, you know, to where you can't make snowballs because it's so fluffy. if That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm sure you experience all the time. That's, First time that's, in my life. That's,
1: that's what we call not good packing snow. Okay. There you that's, go. That's, uh, I, that's, that's uh, powder. That's like, skiers yes. really like that crap. Makes that's sense. not my deal. But <laughs>
0: well, that, that—that's—that's what we were getting. And then I'm, um, you know, if you've been keeping up with the news, uh, things just hit the fan because we're not prepared for that kind of cold weather for an extended period of time. You know, basically like sub-freezing temperatures for multiple days is not anything we ever do here in Austin, and so it caused a lot of logistical problems. We never lost power, which is awesome. It was great for us. We do have, you know, a gas stove. We do have a gas fireplace as well. So uh, we never lost gas, but I'm just saying like we had that to kind of fall back on in case anything, in case it went belly up. Um, but we did, the city turned off our water, our, our pipes froze. So we were like one day without water. We thawed it out. We had about 12 hours of, of tap water uh, coming in and then the city shut off our water because there were so many busted pipes in and around austin like thousands of of frozen pipes where water's just leaking out they had to like our reservoirs were drained and they had to shut off water mm. to the city and we just got water back last night so man the shower this morning was fantastic i loved it i didn't it wasn't just you know sponge bath you're like, like actual being clean is warm the best. stream yes yeah well Funny enough, um, I was able to get away with because uh, I, felt, I felt proud of myself. Again, this will come up in later in the podcast, but I did a lot of ring fit adventure. You know, stuck at home. The roads were not okay to drive in. We have no way of like clearing snow here in Austin because it doesn't snow here. Yeah, so I was working out almost every day, getting sweaty. Uh, so I was not the best smelling person in the world. However, my wife couldn't smell me. Anyone want to take a guess as to why that might be the case? (laughs)
1: Corona.
0: Yeah. Her. um, Her. Her.
1: Her. Corona.
0: (laughs) Nice. Nice. Sorry, it has to be. That's okay. That's okay. No. 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 That was. That was great. I loved it. If you're gonna quote any song, like you get one each. Each episode. And this time it was not uh, the two weeks one. So there's been I'm, two weeks. You get one. I just said you only get one.
1: <laughs> like we okay. we established we established earlier, Joshua, that
0: I I obeyed no man's rules. Yeah, that's true. I, that's I, true.
1: I do what I want.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, it's all but confirmed. You know, there's like really no reason for her to get a test. She's a stay-at-home mom. So and symptoms were super mild for her. Like compared to what you hear about
1: aside from um, not being able to smell and taste
0: right you know, yeah well, like- well that's when we actually figured because this was like four days into her not feeling well and she was actually feeling better by the time she lost her sense of smell um so we thought it, it was like the tail end of it and then it just held on for for a bit longer but really it was it was stuff like body aches and fatigue were kind of the biggest things. It wasn't like, she never had a cough, which mm. I had thought that it attacked your lungs. Uh, Cause I had heard of some it, other people who had like a horrible, like, it can
1: like, yeah. I, and that's, that's, I think that's the thing that's been so interesting about this is that the way that this virus has presented, like mm-hmm. has been just like the, the big thing is like, like, well with my grandfather, the The pneumonia that COVID yeah. caused killed him. Yeah. It, his body, like he was not able to take in oxygen at the end there. And it, that's, mm. this virus killed him with that. But there are other people who get like, just like a, a dry, persistent cough that just doesn't go away. That's like one of the big yeah. ones.
0: But right. there are some people who just don't even get the cough from what yeah. I understand like yeah. so yeah it was weird. she wasn't she wasn't like sneezing a lot that wasn't it wasn't a thing she didn't have runny nose or anything like that it was more the the fatigued feeling of because she put it it was like in between having the flu and just having a bad cold of just mm-hmm. the way that her body felt yeah so so it was relatively like it, we had no concerns you know really it was just like okay get better like rest and get better kind of a thing uh, it was just the combination of that. Also, no one else in the house has any symptoms at all. And we were stuck in the house for, you know, a week. Because it's supposed to be super contagious, I'm assuming at this point, if that's what it actually was, which we all think it was, that we all kind of have an immunity to it at this point or something. I don't know. If we hadn't already caught it, I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. We'll see. But, but anyway, so yeah. it was in both cases, it's sort of like, Some of the best case scenario things like people have had COVID way worse. Um, People had, you know, had to go through this, the craziness because of the snow and the not being able to leave and not having water and power and not being able to get food kind of a thing way worse than we did. So yeah, it's been a crazy week. Definitely Um, compounding, you know, both of those things like me being at home and, you know, like rationing out food that we have. Not that we were ever, like, in super need, but it's just like, okay, we need to think through how to do this without water. No, but you
1: do like to just, like, look at your children and say, that is, you get exactly three more Cheerios (laughs) and no more.
0: No more. (laughs) Well, no, it's like, after three days, oh, we're out of No more. Okay, so how are you going to eat this kind of a thing? And, and, you know, like, just a bunch of, like, freezer meals kind of a thing. You you know, chicken nuggets and we ate all the frozen pizza we had and- when we steamed vegetables i basically like steamed a bunch of vegetables uh because we had a bunch of frozen vegetables and just used the same water from the pot for it, and then you know took out the the broccoli then put in frozen peas and steamed that and then took that out and put in green beans kind of a thing. anyways anyways it doesn't matter i've been talking about this too long it's been a crazy two weeks but i've been home a lot so there's been some video game playing when my PlayStation Four wants to work. Well, that's, sure that's another
1: story. No, oh, that's yeah, the, <laughs> the saga of that, my dude. That is yeah. kind of uh, you know. I and speaking like Megan, we did have a bit of a uh, Megan last Saturday. Fell, gave herself a concussion. Oh shoot! And of course, being my wife, I'm like uh, she. We she had a doctor's appointment in Pittsburgh on uh, Sunday. And we, I was like, I was like, well, let's see how you're feeling in the morning. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, if I need to, I can drive you to the hospital. You just Sunday. immediately
0: put her to sleep and told her, see how you feel in the morning? Well, they, after they concussion?
1: no, like she was home and up for a little bit. And then okay. like, you know, and then she's like, you know what? I'm going to bed. I'm tired. And actually I, I was doing some reading and, uh, they the whole like you need to stay awake for concussion mm-hmm. they're like a lot of times they're like no nah, not really oh okay okay <laughs> like now that now the consensus is like eh, go to bed get some rest <laughs> um but she woke up the next morning and she had a bit of a headache and i said well you 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 cracked your noggin pretty good i said you know i'll take you to the hospital and she's like ah, or down to the doctor's appointment she's like no no so i'm in sunday school last sunday and uh I get this phone call and I answer and she's like, I don't feel good. I feel kind of sick. Uh-oh. And I'm gone. That's not good. I was like, why <laughs> don't you get to the doctor's? Like how far away are you from the doctor's office? She's like, I'm I'm almost there. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay, get there. I was like, and just, you know, be like, if, if you have to pull, I said, if you have to pull over, just find a safe space to pull over. I will come and get you. And she was like, oh, anyways, she, gets back like she go, goes to her doctor's appointment and, and uh she's driving back and at one point in time she got sick like she okay. got nauseous and stuff oh man and i'm like i was like megan like you need to go to the er you need to go to like you need to get checked out
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we have a friend at church who is a nurse and i was like y- you know i'm just going to go and i so i was like lindsay i think megan might have a concussion You know, and I started, and she's like, yeah, I was like, so what should I do? She's like, take her to the emergency room. So, and like Megan called me again and I said, okay, what you need to do is you need to just come right to the church. I will like, you know, park the car. And as soon as you get here, we're going to go to the ER. So we ended up not going to the ER, but to Medwell, which is like a little like clinic sort of thing. It's like Mm -hmm. one of those like eye care Medwell sort of thing. Yeah. Minute clinic. Yep. She had a concussion. And so, for the, I had the next couple of days after that off. This is like over President's Day and all that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, dude, it was a trip. Like, she's, I mean, she's like pretty much 100% now, but like, Mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, she was like saying things like, I feel foggy and I'm not really sure what's going on. And I'm going, like, I'm like, why did you drive yourself to this (laughs) doctor's appointment? I should have just been like, no, you're not doing that. Uh, yeah, so Megan got a concussion, and uh, right. that's her first concussion ever. Okay. And uh, Okay.
0: Yeah. So I don't we know did, that I've ever actually been
1: concussed. Did have a little it. bit of excitement. I mean, it wasn't like, yeah. it's not like anything
0: like, oh, yeah, it's, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been around people who have been concussed. And, like, th- there was one time my friend that ran into a brick wall, uh, slipped, ran into a brick wall. And, uh, you know, when he finally came to, I say finally, it wasn't a long time, but it sure felt like a long time. This was back in high school, by the way, if, you know, it must've been 30 seconds or whatever, but it felt like forever. I'm just like, Oh shoot. Like, no, like he really hurt himself kind of a thing. And when he came to, he was asking like, Oh, what, what were we doing? Like, what time is it? What day is it? And he would ask like, like three or four questions and then he would start over and continually ask yep. those same questions and that's when i was just like this is not good like <laughs> you need to get home like your parents need to take you to the hospital like this is when you can't retain information you know for like 30 seconds like anyways i might have had one in high school we do
1: you know what a deep ten is no it's like this you make yourself black out like it's like this sort of like okay. breathing exercise okay and you just black out we were doing those Okay. And, like, the thing is, like, yeah, because we're, we're dumb high school yeah. kids. Yeah, you're high school. Um, yeah.
0: You just want to, yeah.
1: And it's, like, it, part of it is, like, you do, like, hyper, like, you take deep breaths, and then you, like, hyperventilate, and then you just, like, push okay. out all the air, and you just hold your breath for, like, a like and then you just, like, crash. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, I did that, and when I did that, like, and the thing was, like, you would sort of play this game, like, we would play this game, and you'd see how far, like, how close you could get to the edge without actually, uh. like, like, I, and i i misjudged and i just <laughs> i blacked out and i like fell out of my seat in my desk and just whacked my head on my like the table on the mm-hmm. way down and like whacked my like fell on the floor and like cracked my head and i yeah and so i don't know if it was the deep tens or <laughs> like whatever yeah. but i i know that I was foggy for a few days after that one mm. but mm. yeah And then I hadn't even thought about that for the longest time. I was like, because I've I've whacked like, dude, I've fallen and whacked my head like (laughs) carrying mail and crap. But and like I'm like, yeah, I probably had a couple. Like (laughs) which, anyways,
0: then you just kept on driving. You know, no, no yeah, like
1: yeah. Talking about like breaking your head and stuff, like that's just great transition into the backlog
0: report. Oh, yeah. What have you been uh, beating your head up against as you oh, play games on your zing? Oh,
1: I got a little like slow at the end there <laughs> <laughs> um, for no reason. Mine um, is fair. I'll be honest, my stuff is mm-hmm. fairly short. Um, yep, me dose. What you got? So as far as books, I've listened a little bit more to uh, That Rhythm of War by Sanderson. Okay. Uh, again, serviceable fiction. It's fun. It's enjoyable. Not a ton because I've actually been trying to get caught up on podcasts. Because okay. the, the week that I was off and we were working on The Kitchen, I didn't listen to much at all. Mm-hmm. So just sort of like going through sort of my podcast backlog and sort of like trying to burn some of that out. Um. But I did start that Communion with the Triune God by John Owen. Um, okay. Now, the thing is, I got through the preface and the foreword, or the foreword and then the preface, and now I'm into introduction. And uh, the introduction is actually by uh, uh, Kelly Capic and Justin Taylor, who okay. edited this, this, this version, this edition. I am not far into this book at all, but mm-hmm. the, what I have read, I've found to be challenging and good. And it's, it's, it's a good sort of like, it's a good sort of like wrestling match. Um, also just, you know, as far as like the, just Bible reading, um, I've settled on sort of a new rhythm, but I want to sort of double back and sort of, I do want to be reading through the entirety of the Bible. So what I'm doing is I'm reading a Psalm or two, a proverb or two, and then I'm just like going through the Old and New Testaments, sort of alternating. So okay. where I was in – like I was towards the end of Leviticus in in the Old Testament where I sort of like left off. So I just finished Leviticus the other night, and then I'm going to go back, and I think I'll be in Mark or Luke um, for the New Testament, and I'll just read through that. And then when I'm done with that, I'll go back and sort of just keep sort of re- reworking through that – while at the same time maintaining that through line of a Psalm and a proverb or yeah. that's, that's pretty much it. As far as reading there was, I did sort of listen to this book by uh I can, it was dumb. It was called priest daddy and it was dumb. And I actually <laughs> returned it um and got my credit back from audible. Cause I was like, this is dumb. I don't like this. So <laughs> um I was just like, I was listening to it and I was just like, because it, it's like that pretentious, like, mm. Like her prose was fine. The author's prose was a Patricia. Anyways, it doesn't matter because it's not a book I would recommend Um, Mm -hmm. because it was just like she and her husband met on poetry forum boards on the internet back in the day. Mm -hmm. So this gives you like, this should give you sort of a bit of a clue as to like the kind of woman that this is. She would write poems about like nuns having abortions and swimming pools. Weird. Like it was, she wasn't like super crass or anything, but in in the bit of the book I read, but it was just kind of like it's like this is not my thing, yeah, and anyways, um, so there's that that's that's pretty much it for reading and listening um as far as games go, it hasn't been super busy for me um mm-hmm. so i uh been playing more of remnant there's some there was some like additional d l c and okay. Park, Parker and I, and I haven't actually updated my, my backlog beatdown score appropriately, mm-hmm. but we did beat the story DLC the other night for that. And it was good. It was like, you, you know, I like that game. There's some interesting stuff that like, there's some modes that we're still sort of playing around and dinking around with, but I think we're pretty much wrapped up on that game. Okay. Um, I did fire up. So this is a, the studio, it's called the, the development team is called spiders um, okay. but they made a game called uh, The Technomancer. They also made a game called ah. Greedfall. Um, Greedfall okay. is their latest entry, but like, uh, anyways, Technomancer, it is like playing schlocky sci-fi from back in like the nineties and early aughts. Like, okay. it's just it's like, it's an interesting world. Uh, the the actual mechanic, like mechanics of gameplay, are pretty like meh. Like, it's it's fine. It's serviceable, but it's not great. It's not really... It's serviceable, and that's about it. There's something very cool about the game that I can't kind of put my finger on, but it is enjoyable, but this is not... This is not, like... I would not call this a good game. <laughs> like, in the sense that, good like... game. <laughs> it's good in the fact that, like, I'm having fun with it, and I'm kind of, like, intrigued by the story, but, like, mechanically it's kind of like it's adequate and that's about mm-hmm. it. Like, like, and here's the thing I'm playing on easy, not because the game is all that hard, but it's one of those things where the AI isn't particularly great. And so a lot of times, like when you turn it up to normal, all it does is it sort of like gives the enemies more health and it, they hit harder. Okay. And mm-hmm. so like, and, and then it budget, then it just throws mobs at you. Like, and so like, even in normal some or even on easy sometimes, it's just like you have five or six guys and if you're not ready for it, they'll just gotcha. you. Know, do-do all over your day. So I'm playing the Technomancer. Uh, like I said, finish the Remnant DLC. And then one thing I did and I told you about, I fired up, I downloaded mm-hmm. and fired up the Project Triangle demo. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's very neat. And it's it's one of those things where I'm not sure if this is like going to be more final fantasy tactics or if this is going to be more along the lines of like, right now it doesn't seem like there's any jobs in it. Like and uh, where I am in the demo, it seems like it might sort of be almost more of like a fire emblem character. Like in fire emblem, like the characters have a class and like they can sort of grow in that class and they can even sort of like, evolve maybe in that class. But so it, it seems like it might be leaning in that way. Um, I've heard a lot of people say it reminds them of uh, tactics ogre. Ooh. Yeah. I haven't really touched that in a long, long time. I, yeah. it's like, it's one of those things I briefly like started up back in the day. And I'm kind of like, I should really just play this at some point anyways. um, So, but it's interesting. And I think uh, it's definitely like sort of like one of those things that like the way it looks right now, that might be a day one for me, a day one. Ooh. Just because like, <laughs> I like that because I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm sort of like pumped on just, I, I like tactical games. I mean, and yeah. I just, I feel like there's some interesting concepts there. Like, mm-hmm. and maybe after I'm done with the demo, I'll sort of be like, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, that's it. That's all nice. I got.
0: Nice. I, I do like that art style a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my other favorite games, you know, of all time. One well, of it's
1: the it's the same team, dude. So <laughs> right,
0: right, exactly. Yeah. So no, no octopath 2, But this it does look fantastic. And who knows? Maybe in the future there'll be octopath well, too. Well, and I think I think they're supposed to sort of be
1: tied together a little bit.
0: Oh, really? I okay. think I. Uh. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it would make it would make sense just because like octopath isn't necessarily like it's far reaching but it's not it's not like it doesn't give you the impression that you have searched the entire world and this is all there ever you know like mm-hmm. the one main bad guy that's like outside that's after you beat the game you kind of meet him um it makes it feel like there's something bigger like going on in the world that like, like basically he's a part of like a, you know, elder race that you never see anywhere else. So it's like, oh, there's potential for like other things. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you've worn out that world at all. So, no. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah. I love that. So just, just, just throwing that out there. Um, okay. So what have I been up to? What, what do I have to report on? Well, since you started with books, I'll start with books. I haven't been reading anything um outside of stuff for school so I've, <laughs> I've just had a bunch of school reading um that said i did start re-listening to a book that i i have listened to in the past but i wanted to kind of get another uh, d- to get grass just just with everything kind of being crazy and routines being thrown out of whack and all that stuff um there's a book called essentialism by greg McEwan. Mm-hmm. um again I've listened to it before but i just started it up again i had it was on hold at the library uh for like the past week or so but i just fired it up this today earlier today just to start listening to again so there's that that's that's really it outside of the reading that i have to do for school um so not not much there in terms of games it's only been a few games and i've already talked about them in previous weeks sorry um, I mentioned I've been playing ring Fit adventure a lot. I've been trying to my goal is uh, at least six days a week, and I've kept up with that, if not seven. Um, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. However, um, you know, last time I talked about how I had stopped playing it for a while because my ankles had started hurting, that started happening again, And I don't know what it is about my my dang ankles. But they get, I guess they just get bruised easily or something. I don't know. But running in place is just not good for them. And uh, to the point where they might actually, like they started to swell up a little bit. Um, And that's when I'm just like, dang it. I guess I am going to have to like take this easy a little bit. I found some stretches that I could do that really helped like a lot. Um, So they didn't hurt anymore. Uh, But they're still, still a little swollen. Still a little weird found out this game has um it has a bunch of different accessibility options but it has a silent mode which is basically made for if you live in an apartment so that you're not like you know making a bunch of noise for your neighbors you can turn that on and instead of running in place during the levels you just do like little mini squats and your character runs and so I did that this morning and my ankles didn't hurt so that was that, hmm. that was a fun little um Figuring it out. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't make me as, as, uh, I'm sure it doesn't burn as many calories, um, cause I'm much more used to doing squats. So, uh, th- anyways, I just thought that was super cool that you can kind of tailor this game as well and still continue to play it and do the other exercises and stuff like that. So, I'm, I'm still riding the Ring Fit Adventure train pretty hard. I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging it a lot. And now that I've been home a lot, it has, it's not just like super early in the morning when I do it. And so my kids have gotten into it, and they all start like doing the exercises too, um, and it's super cute, and I like that a lot. Yeah. And it's a game that I can play around them uh, without, you know, any kind of weird undertones with some of the other games. Um, the other ones I've been playing Final Fantasy X on Vita, still chugging along in that. It, it still feels like I'm I'm fairly early on. I think I'm like fifteen hours or something like that into it. I could I could be wrong. Maybe I have more. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's okay. It's okay. Uh, You know, I mentioned it before the episode. It hasn't really grabbed me yet. Not that I outright dislike it. I don't. It's just like, okay, you know, I guess I guess I'll I'll keep playing this kind of a thing. So, which is weird, but it is what it is so far. I'm still kind of waiting for it to get good, if that makes sense. Battle system is good. Um, I'm I'm feeling that out a lot more because you can switch out your characters on the fly. Like it does allow for a lot of uh different maneuvering and, and the game, I feel like you know I mentioned this last time it, I feel like it does kind of expect that as well um because it does it is a bit more difficult than kind of your standard yeah kind of final fantasy game um which is good it, it you know it pushes you to to strategize it's a good thing for sure um and then finally, I've been playing near automata. I did roll credits on this game, but that does not mean much um. I was surprised Doesn't because mean anything. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was it was only about a dozen hours that I put into it before I rolled credits. And so that that was just we, like it felt like it, it wrapped up really quickly. And the way that I explained it in Discord, it's like if you take a if you take a movie like Blade Runner, okay? And you just cut out the chase scenes and the action sequences, like you're still going to have a fun movie. You're still going to enjoy, like, what's going on, but at the end of it, you're going to be like, wait, like, that was cool, but, like, why, why are these characters even doing anything? You know, like, why are they acting in the ways that they are? It's it's so simple. It's like, there's something much more going on. And then, you know, then you actually watch all of Blade Runner, and you're like, oh, okay, this is about so much more than just, like, espionage. Um. So, and that's how this game feels with the first playthrough. Uh, it's its a fun game. I'm enjoying it for sure. Yeah, it, it has me coming back to it. Um, but now I'm on my second playthrough. So the first, uh, I hope this isn't spoilery. So it's minor spoilers. So if you just want to go completely blind, then cover your ears, kitties. Um, but the, in your first playthrough, you play as one Android and you have like a little sidekick Android. And after you beat it, then you basically switch places. You play as the little sidekick. And mm. the sidekick is not as good of a fighter. And you play through the entire, uh, at least I'm assuming at this point, I'm like three quarters in the way of the second playthrough. Um, it's the same story, but you're, you're playing it through his eyes, which are a little bit different because he is not as much of a fighter. He is a scanning type android, which means that he can hack into other androids. So it's like this little... A shooter game that you can play to hack into things it's it's you know basic but it's still pretty fun but that also means that he can like see what a lot of these other machines are thinking and uh, so it gives you more of this undertone it gives you more of the story of the game um so at this point i, I might be 20 hours in something yeah. like that and and playing through it again sure it's a little repetitive because it's the same story just with different characters Um, But I'm going and doing some more of the side quests, getting some more of the the world building stuff. And then I've heard the third playthrough that you do is, well, basically the first two playthroughs are the first half of the game, (laughs) if that makes sense. After that, there's another character that's introduced that you meet, but, you know, that that you can actually play as, and then you play as all three of them. And then at the end of the game, you make a decision, and depending on your decision, you can get one of three different endings. So, uh, there's a lot more to this game than meets the eye, sort of like, uh, Transformers. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It is definitely delving more into the kind of philosophical themes. Um, you know, you think of something like, um, the girl with the purple hair. Ghost in the shell? Ghost in the shell. There you go. Of kind of like that idea of like, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be a machine? What is the purpose of life? Um, If you're created by humans, what does that, you know, what does that mean about you? What is your telos? Things like that. Um, So there are those questions that are posed by a number of different characters. Sometimes it can be on the nose, but also I feel like they haven't really ran with it much of anywhere. So I'm kind of anticipating, I'm I'm, going to wait and see where they're going because I've, you know, that's kind of the big thing about this game is, Oh, it's so profound. And I'm not sure if it's just profound because it asks these questions or because it attempts to answer them. If that makes sense. Cause there's a lot of sci-fi that asks these questions, but if it never really tries to give any kind well, of an answer, it could be. And that's, I think that's like the biggest
1: failing of a lot of stuff. It's like, it has really great questions, but it doesn't really offer any solutions to sort of think through the answers or I Mm -hmm. I mean like, you know, and I, I know this is sort of like a weird transition, but I mean, before he went like full blown, like crazy town um, Rob Bell, like when, when he was still sort of within the, the bounds of orthodoxy or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, you know, people were like, Oh, you know, I really like him. And I was like, here's the problem. Like, I said, he has and this is something that I really appreciate about him too. I said, he asks really good questions, but he gives you like no guidance on where to find the answers to these questions. Mm. It's just a mm. lot of like, well, what if this, what if that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And these are good questions to think through and sort of like wrestle with. And sure. But it's like, it's, that's not the point. Like the yeah. point isn't to just ask good questions. Like, if you're not helping people to sort of find the right answers, then you're failing as a teacher. And so, yeah. like, I don't know, like, I think, like, the best stories actually do sort of, like, give you a something of a tool set to sort of, like, approach some answers to those questions, too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah.
0: And, yeah. And then- a lot of people are super up on near So. Right, right. And I see, I definitely see why, um, because I'm really enjoying, oh my goodness, I've mentioned it before. The music is so good. And what I noticed um, is that, yes, the music itself is really good, but it's more the way that it, um, the the way that it personifies, not the right word, but that's what's coming up into my head. The, the way that it captures the feeling of the areas that you're in, mm. if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. if you listen to the music by itself, it has sort of like an otherworldly quality to it. It has like these, these a bit of like world music kind of thrown in there. And I think that's very much intentional because it's all like robots and androids and this desolate planet kind of a thing. So it's supposed to feel strange. Um, and it does it, yeah, it just does it really well. It doesn't have a ton of music, not something like Octopath that we mentioned earlier, but um, man, it, it does have really good music. Uh, and and the gameplay is fun. It can get a little repetitive and um, it's not quite as deep as I was expecting from a Platinum game, but it's fun and it's satisfying. Well, so
1: I'm enjoying and it. And sort of what I've, what's the main female that you start out with two B, two B. I've heard that like depending on whatever like chipset and mods or whatever mm-hmm. that you throw in, like you can radically sort of change up the play style. Yeah, I know that I've I've listened to a couple podcasts when they've talked about like the gameplay and they're like, well, you know, you can sort of mod two B to sort of play a whole bunch of different ways.
0: So, yeah yeah that 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 makes sense with how um th- now honestly the first playthrough I was kind of surprised it's easy <laughs> um it, but it's intentionally so because it's kind of like fast tracking you through the game so that you can do it again and think about it more and then it'll open up more if, you know like there's there's this this whole thing that's going on um beneath the surface that the game really wants you to pursue um Not that if you just want to play this game for, you know, 12 hours and finish it and roll credits and be done with it. Okay. It's not a bad experience by any means. I enjoyed it. It's fun. It's just that it's not going to, um, it's not narratively satisfying. It's more like narrative cotton candy, you know, like an 80s action flick of just like, yeah, that was fun. There's no substance. Hmm. But, but like you could tell there is substance. It just wasn't revealed. Anyways, I'm really digging it. So cool, cool, cool cool, um, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, you need to play it. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I, um, I, it's, well, you know,
1: just tentatively. Like I'll try and throw it in the mix, and maybe we can sort of come back and double back and do an episode on it then. Mm-hmm. So,
0: I, I was thinking about. Th- so there are there are philosophical references throughout the game, and you've said that you've you know listened to some stuff on on the game itself. Uh that's that's primarily what I was thinking of. Like, oh, you'd probably really like this game. Case in point, there is a robot. His name is John Paul, and he's asking about um essence versus existence and which came first. And apparently in, in Japan his name was Sartre. Um and they just changed it to Jean Paul for the English version. It's like oh well, of yeah, course they okay. did. Well, that's <laughs> because if you put Sartre
1: if you put that in in it, if you put his last Sartre. In in a last mm-hmm. in in a game, people like what's this? And you because you, yeah, you know, American
0: American consumers are super cultured. And <laughs> he wears a top hat too. He's a he's a little you know trash can looking existentialism is such a wild, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is
1: such a bizarre. Like there there's some and again, it's like one of those things. Ask some really great questions. Puts forth a few interesting sort of ideas. It is just so
0: weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The leader of the uh, machine village that you come on her name. Well, it's him, but it has a female voice, which is really weird. His name is Pascal also, which Mm. I think is a reference to Blaze Pascal. Mm -hmm. Although um, it doesn't seem, I have no idea why, because he just seems like a nice robot not uh anyway anyways oh or a nice machine but i'll fi- i'll find that out eventually once i finish the game but we'll see yeah, just really no. enjoying it that's all that i've been playing uh the only other thing that i wanted to mention was that i have been digging deep into at least for me into ultraman uh you know talked about all the ultramans that uh that i had purchased and my kids are loving it especially my son oh, let me man. tell you about my ultramans my ultramans guys Um, so finished up Jeed and you were right. Oh dude, uh, the ending, like it gets so good at the end of that show. Um, man, that was good stuff. And so then I went back. So the Ultraman seasons that I own were, are semi-modern. Um, it's, you know, up until, but basically like Jeed is the latest, uh, that, that, of the seasons that i have so i have like four other okay. seasons <clears throat> with jeed mm. being the latest so i'm going back to the beginning of what i have and we're going to watch through all of those up until jeed so it's so ginga it goes, and orb mm-hmm. ginga ginga s x oh. and then uh orb okay
1: yeah because you got x as well yes okay yeah i did not get x it, gotcha. I think I think what I might do for X, like some of the other stuff. Like I said, I have that Togu channel. I think yeah. a lot of it is like there's going to be a lot of stuff where if I don't own it, mm-hmm. that's where I'm gonna I'm just gonna watch it, and if I like yeah. it, that's then it'll be like I'm gonna find the collection.
0: But totally, totally. So at this point, we have watched. So we finished Gede. We watched through all of Ginga, which is only eleven episodes. It's it's pretty short. And we're like six episodes into Ginga S already. Mm. Um, I will say, and I think you saw me talking to, to Wes about it earlier. Ginga, I have a hard time recommending it because it is, um, it is way cheesier than Jeed. Um, it, and, and Wes was talking about how it was like done on a shoestring budget. And you can yeah. definitely feel it. Um, like it was giving me original Power Rangers vibes with just kind of the cheesiness factor part of that is endearing for sure but you can definitely tell it doesn't have much of a budget i think similar to jeed it gets a lot better and on the back end um but yeah it's yeah it's it's kind of funny it uses like little toys and they just like move to talk and yeah it's it it I would say it's definitely for the fans. It's not somewhere I would recommend anyone jumping in on because of the cheesiness. Ginga S definitely has much more money pumped into it. And so it's, it's a lot of fun, but um, I've, I've, so I've heard that it.
1: that theme song claps.
0: Yes. Uh, I will say that I, I think with Ultraman, I, it's probably going to be one of those things like with final fantasy, where your first one's always going to be your favorite. So because some of the stuff that I've seen as I'm looking more into Ultraman about Jeed is that like one of the, the big things that people say is is wrong with it is that it just redoes a lot of stuff that older Ultraman did. And I I don't know, because it's my first Ultraman. And so I thought it was awesome. So I'm probably going to be super biased in favor of Jeed all the time. But um, I really like Jeed's theme song so like yes it's pretty good. ginga. Get over now. Get over. Get over yeah. Pain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get over mine. Jump up, G do. Yes. Yep, uh-huh. Yep, and yep. that would get stuck Dude, in my head. My kids would be singing it. Yeah, what were you saying? I was just gonna say, I kinda like
1: uh I do like well, you say you use the hard G. You say G. Because it is G do.
0: Right. And so. and when he explains how it actually came to be, which I don't know but, if that yeah, was I actually with the writers. Like, actually did, but it actually makes a lot of sense. I just said actually yeah. like six times, sorry. Um, but, but yeah, cause it's G, oh jeez, just bump my microphone, love doing that. It's gene, the G-E is from the word gene because he has the genes of Belial. Yeah. And then the E-D is destiny, the first two letters in destiny, but it's flipped around. So yep. it's saying that even though he's a descendant of the bad guy, he can change his destiny, destiny and be a good guy, and I'm can, like, I love that. Like yeah. you know, like
1: you're but not it, tied it's to. It's anything. also it. It is also like the initial sound of like that whole like might as well just get right into it kind of like phrase. Oh, is it? Yeah. Like when, when you hear him say nothing. Is yeah. It gonna well, get me anywhere. When you hear him say that, it's that initial like that. It's every time he says it, it's like. I can't remember what it is but I'm pretty sure that initial sound and that's where I thought it came from mm. was that anyways um but I was going to say z's or Z's or z's oh, yeah. mm-hmm. theme song is pretty baller I yes, it is. like that Yes it is. <laughs> like they, <laughs> yeah, they're it's just like power metal. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like that like it's like almost a, like a very ballad rock. Anyways we we have talked like there are probably some people who are like, "What are you two lunatics talking about?" Yeah. yeah Wes yeah. Wes on the other hand is like, yeah! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did it." Yes, but
1: mm-hmm. we are hooked for sure. We have uh we have a game to talk about. And we do. We should probably just get into that.
0: So all right, and before we get into it, a word from our friends. Hey there, I'm Wes, and I run the Henshin Dab Podcast. If you don't know what that is, well, it's a one-man show where I talk about all the things that you need to know about the tokusatsu genre from Japan. If you've seen shows like Power Rangers and Ultraman, then you've seen tokusatsu, and I just happen to think those types of shows are pretty cool. So come on over and take a listen as I discuss all the current and retro happenings in the genre. You can find it over at anchor.fm forward slash Dad. I'll see you there, and don't forget, henshin a go go, baby. Hey, everybody. Hey, we're here again. how you going? Right in your ear holes.
1: Welcome. So, we're going to be talking about uh, taking a few minutes here to talk about
0: Dragon Quest 5. Five different Dragon Quest games. Yeah. Well, that's there's what we're like this there's 11 of them, and we're only mm-hmm. going to talk about five. Yeah. Not five individual games. but 20 minutes, right? Something like that? But we're
1: talking about the fifth entry. We're not talking about five different. We're talking about the fifth entry. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. The Hand of the
0: Heavenly Bride.
1: Yes. Well, that was the renaming of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is the fifth installment. Okay. Um, So I'm looking at, I'm just using Wikipedia here. Uh, Okay. Is published by Enix and then later Square Enix. The developer was Chunsoft. Uh, yep. The director was Manabu Yamana, uh, producer oh, yeah, Yukinoba Cheetah, and uh, the designer was Yuji Mr. Hori. Chido. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course,
0: uh, Ori had himself.
1: Yeah, there's Kiri Toriyama, of course, contributed to the art. Mm-hmm. Um, Yuji Hori was also the primary writer. Yeah, so I am not you know what? I'm not going to go through. But it was Chunsoft. <laughs> I'm not doing all of that. But Yuji Hori was sort of like the big the big name on that like Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. He's the Dragon Quest guy.
1: He's the Dragon Quest guy. And then of course he's accompanied by his friend Akira Toriyama with the the yep. sick the sick designs, bro. It's true. Um, so it's it true. initially released for the Super Famicom in uh September 27th of 1992 according to Wikipedia. Yep. Uh then was re-released. Uh, re-released. Uh, I can't talk. It was re-released. re uh, It was re-released for PlayStation, or maybe remastered for PlayStation Two, uh, in March of two thousand four. Then it came to, and those were both Japan only releases. Uh, mm. Nintendo DS in July of two thousand eight came to Japan in north america and then in february it sort of dropped into the rest of the world in uh, february of 2009 uh 17th in north america 19th in australia and then in the european union uh the 20th uh it is also on android and ios uh and again japan oh, wow. sort of got this first and december of 2014 whereas uh January of 2015 is when it sort of hit the rest of the world. Um, so there's lots of places to play it. Uh, I played it on DS. Well, on my <laughs> 3DS, but I played the DS cartridge. It was part of that sort of uh, 4, 5, and 6 all came out on DS and got the, yep. the well, the Hand of
0: the Heavenly Bride. What was the the, the other two? Um, Chapters of the Chosen and, uh, geez, I, I've never played 6, so I don't know. Realms of the oh revelation, realms of or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yep. Anyways,
1: because we're not talking about those. We're talking about Dragon Quest Five and the Heavenly mm-hmm. Bride. Well, I think one thing. Yes, we both played it on DS. Well, I was I was just going to but- say before we go any further, if you have not played this game and you are worried about spoilers, we will probably be spoiling things.
0: I I think there's a couple things we can say before we spoil stuff though. Well, I'm just saying like. We- but yes we are going to be talking spoilers it is a, a game yes at this point what is that like 30 years old
1: Ugh, well the r- the initial run yeah put you at 30 years and then in then, japan yeah, 30 it's big in japan uh, 30 japanese years 30 japanese years however that But works. even i mean 2009 you know it's like you're talking like this game's 11 12 years old
0: as far as stateside goes so right and that that's the thing so that's where I was going with this is that there is this huge disconnect um because as we'll talk more about it Japan loves this game um and Japan loves this series th- right Japan yes definitely but we're going to be talking about the movie also and the movie kind of brings out just the the love for this game in Japan in particular and so there is a bit of a cultural disconnect because we never saw this one here in America until fairly recently. I just mean like this was a Super Nintendo RPG, Super Famicom RPG in Japan and we didn't get it, you know, until way afterwards. And so there is something a little bit not necessarily lost in translation, it's just that because it came out at a, in a different time when things were, you know, when games had advanced so much farther Um, There is a bit missing. You have to understand the original context in which it came out to sort of see some of the love for it because it does do some very unique things. However, in the years since its release, uh, other games have, have done some similar things. And so to American gamers, it may not seem as special as it was for those original kind of Japanese fans. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah i think that'll pop up a few more times um so like you said japan loves their dragon quest um we don't necessarily have to go into the entire series itself because we're already you know pushing it trying to do a game and a movie here this evening but
1: um i was gonna say i think if you're interested in how all of that stuff sort of ties together what was that video that somebody dropped into discord it talks about like all the story beats and how like all the Dragon Quests are sort of cl-
0: connected, but not really. Oh, that's right. The Nostalgia Critic just did that. That's Or okay. excuse me, not Nostalgia Critic. That was AVGN, uh, james and James okay. Rolfe. I don't know why I said Nostalgia. I haven't seen any of his videos in like years at this point. Um, Yeah, the, if you go to the Angry Video Game Nerd, uh, Cinemassacre is their channel. If you look for Cinemassacre... Uh, James Rolfe, who plays the Angry Video Game Nerd, did a whole video on it, which spoils the crap out of a lot of Dragon Quest games. Yeah. So you have to be very careful. I I had Dragon Quest Eleven spoiled from that video, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. I haven't played that yeah. game yet. Um, but now I know where it sits in the timeline. But well, anyways. But,
1: but yeah, and it's like, yeah, there was a very interesting sort of video and critique and sort of like mm-hmm. examination. I, I did yeah. appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's definitely, yeah, it was worth a watch. Just recognize that it's going to be spoiled. Um, But Dragon Quest is generally a very traditional feeling series, although each game kind of has its own little niche. So when we're talking about this one, uh, this will come up later too, but I I think the niche for this game was the fact that you were able to catch and raise or or train up your monster pals in this game. Uh, so you don't necessarily have a huge uh, roster of people that you're traveling with, but you can recruit a bunch of different monsters. Which was actually those out
1: kind of for me a bit of a turnoff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like I just like, especially coming off of four, which had just like such a strong cast and like mm-hmm. sort of like these deep, st- like these little storied. Um, well, like the little vignettes and everything else, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that, so there was like the monster hunting, uh, catching element and training element and, and it worked fine for the most part. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little
0: curious as to what monsters you ended up using. Oh, jeez. Um, I mean, at the end of the game, I didn't have any monsters in my party <laughs> mm. because at that point you could have all humans, and that's what I ended up doing. Uh, so most of the time it was the saber cat, and then mm-hmm. maybe a golem. At one time, oh, but but one of those uh, one of those like I was gonna say Eskimo looking dudes, but that's uh, that's not what he is. The abominable snowman looking guys mm. I had for quite a while. Yeah, yeah okay uh, honestly i didn't use the monster well i was gonna say this game very much either
1: i was like the only monsters i used with any consistency were the saber cat which you start mm-hmm. pretty much start out with and uh and the golem and everything okay. okay like i did i did keep like a slime knight around because he was okay. actually a pretty decent healer mm-hmm. so but like the those Those are pretty much the monsters that were in regular rotation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I will say about this mechanic, this is the game's, you know, niche in terms of mechanics. This is one of the big things where you have to recognize when it was originally really like, this is one of those things that's kind of lost in translation because this didn't come out in, you know, 92 on super Nintendo. You don't really have the same context. Like, We got this, you know, what, what gen of Pokemon had come out at this point (laughs) when we got, you know, where, where this monster raising mechanic is, has already been done so much better in so Hmm. many other games. Whereas like, no, when this was originally released on Super Nintendo, um, that was not the case. This was an, I mean, Super Nintendo was 91. I think, I think Super Famicom was still 91. It could have been 90. I could be wrong on that. But still, that's fairly early in the life cycle of the Super Nintendo when this game had come out. And so it's not done super well in terms of mechanics, but you you can see what they're trying to do. This released in 92, you said? Yeah, September 92. Uh, First gen. Like 98?
1: The first release for is February 27th, 1996 six okay so but yeah this is like so this is first gen like this is before this is pre first
0: gen pokemon oh yeah oh yeah this is way before pokemon um mm-hmm. and 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 that's what i mean is like a lot of these these monster raising mechanics are hashed out in other games but because we in america did not get this game until 2008 yeah it feels uh it, it feels a lot more clunky like it's not yeah. Not that other games didn't do it, you know. Shin Megami Tensei has you raising, not raising, but you know, demon negotiation and stuff like that, and and that had been around for a long time. Um, But this one does it very differently in that you don't have as much control as I don't know. I didn't have as much control as I wanted, (laughs) which is why I went with the human characters. But the other thing that I want to say before we dive deep into like scenes and what we what we thought about the game is that. If you look at the Dragon Quest series, um, if if you're not familiar at all, the first three games have similar themes. They're generally considered to be uh, the in their own trilogy. trilogy. Oh, that's, the, that's the no, this is second one. This one is the, this is a uh, part of.
1: What's the what, the Erdrich.
0: Erdrich, yeah. There the you Erdrich go. Trilogy. Yeah. So those games are connected not just thematically, but story-wise, and and they all kind of happen in the same world they're about. Um, I actually haven't played two or three. I've only played one. Um, but from what I understand about the story, those are all kind of their own thing. And then four, five, and six are generally the same. They're, they're tied together as well. And so, this, yeah, this is a part of the Zenithian trilogy where you're gathering up the legendary Zenithian equipment, um, that, the same equipment that you got in uh dragon quest 4 so uh mm-hmm. yeah fifth entry in the series super nintendo loved in japan so now i think uh well okay i'll say one final thing before we before we dive super deep and that was we mentioned earlier about game length this game is only 20 to 30 hours i'd yeah. say um i can't so
1: it, i can't remember how many hours it was like 36 ish hours and oh, I tend okay. I I tend well for me and I mm-hmm. tend to be like I want to say 36, 37, but I also tend to be very slow and methodical. Mm-hmm. And I also did like some of the extra
0: dungeon stuff. So gotcha. Yeah. I did not mess with any of that. So I, I thought it I thought it was shorter than that. But it's still in in it's a relatively shorter yeah. JRPG. Um, and it's much more kind of straightforward and some of the things mechanically, some of the things that, well, I guess even the story is pretty straightforward. It just, I would say that it does it pretty well. And with that, I think we can actually start talking about the story a bit more. So if you don't want anything spoiled, um, go buy the game. It's like $70 on eBay. It's crazy how expensive this game has gotten. Um, or, or, you know, play it on Android or whatever. I don't know. I'm sure that like ports are. I have
1: no idea where I picked mine up, but I, you know what? I think I picked this up a few years ago at a GameStop, like this
0: copy a few years ago Mm -hmm.
1: at a GameStop for like 20 bucks.
0: Yeah. So I got it directly from Square Enix when they were uh, clearancing out a bunch of stuff. And so I think, I think it was the same deal where it was like 20, it might've been 25, but I think it was 20. It was when you could get Chrono Trigger for 10 on d s and so I bought a couple copies of that sold those bad boys anyways um so now that we're getting into kind of some of the spoilery territory um what were some of your favorite parts of this game? what well, Dragon Quest games are generally vignettes, you know they tell little stories. Mm-hmm. this one actually has a really strong through line, yeah, see more so than a lot of other ones, so. I mean, it, and again, sort of just like a, a
1: like a brief sort of overview, and I'm going to really try to be brief, which we know mm-hmm. that I'm never great at. <laughs> um, but it, it basically the game starts out. You're boy, sort of accompanying your father mm-hmm. on his different adventures as as he's and they they really don't provide any sort of context as to why or you know what you're doing, but it just sort of like your dad's adventuring. And there's some stuff that the, that you as the, the protagonist, whatever, you know, sort of get involved in as a kid, you get into some, some romps and adventures and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you, you befriend, you become the lackey of a prince. You know, there's all sorts of, you meet a girl and you investigate a haunted castle, mm-hmm. all sorts of neat stuff that kind of happens in that. And then, uh you get to this point where actually your father is killed in front of you, yeah. <laughs> and uh you're put in the to you're basically enslaved, you're mm-hmm. thrown into this prison camp and uh that so like that was like the first sort of like big dramatic beat for me like and yeah, and that's like and I think that's just the first big dramatic beat of the game, and um. I think like and it and at that point in time it, it sort of ages you up ten years or something like that. Like you basically, and you don't really play through. I think there might be some gameplay sequences where you play as a slave or whatever, but it's mostly just sort of like in-game cinematics or whatever. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's like so the game just like you go from being a small child to being a young man, um, basically who has spent the last 10 years in captivity. And Mm -hmm. uh, that to me was a super interesting take because I don't know of another game that has just been like, well, you start as a kid and you, you know, it's like beat for beat. I'm sure there's other stuff that has done something similar, like where it's used sort of like imprisonment as a sort of means to like sort of progress time or whatever. But Mm-hmm. uh that was that was pretty like i was like oh, that that kind of struck me one because it's kind of grim <laughs> yeah. yeah and yeah. but two like it's also it was like i was like this is i, d- I dug it i, I know and there's a part of me that i was like I bold move and i was like i appreciated yes. that
0: Definitely, and I really liked the way that they used the gameplay in order to show certain things. So, like you're talking about, you go on these little adventures when you're a child, and you know you're hitting just like a few HP each time, and you get into basically you get into a bind, and your dad has to go save you. And when he's there, he is like demolishing all the enemies that you Uh know it's taken you a few rounds to beat. So, like you get a sense of in-game. In the mechanics of the game, yeah, your dad is way more powerful than you are. And, like, yeah, obviously he is. Like, any child, you know, any child-father relationship, it's just cool to see that in the game. And then to see that when you're up against, you know, these really horrible bad guys. And then to play as your dad as he dies, like, he loses that battle i thought was really effective for how short for how quick of a pace you go through all that stuff and how quickly like your dad dies basically um i thought it was really effective because you get to see him from this boy's perspective and then you get to play as him for just a few minutes right as he's killed and he's just straight up killed like, he, it's not like, oh, he's wounded, you know, leave his body and then the people from the town go and, you know, pick him up late. Like, no, he's he's murdered right in front of you and then you're taken off to a labor camp. Mm-hmm. Like, holy <laughs> it's
1: uh, And it's like, I mean, you're sort of talking about sort of like, I don't know if there's any other game sort of a, a, within a contemporary time period that even like, attempts to tackle something along those lines
0: Mm -hmm. yeah well yeah without going grimdark because that's the other thing is is dragon quest games are generally a lot more whimsical a lot mm -hmm. more like fantasy feeling and not that this one isn't it's certainly you know akira toriyama toriyama designs and stuff like that like it you can't help but have it feel more fantastical but then to to have some of these, these story scenes and it, well that's another thing too is that your your main character never like loses hope. You know, he's always mm-hmm. like looking towards... so so there's that theme, which is great too. Anyways, it sounded like you were gonna say something.
1: Well, I just think it it's one of those things like it, it is almost like I don't know if dissonant is the right word, but there is like this weird okay. Like almost sort of like jarring thing because like the the Kira Toriyama designs and just the general vibe of like the Dragon Quest worlds are very like lighthearted in tone mm-hmm. and very like whimsical is a good tone. But and then it's like it's like prison camps and <laughs> yeah, father dies and it's like, ugh, <laughs> like that's. But I mean, you eventually and and you eventually end up escaping and sort of like. Again, sort of like at that point in time, it's sort of exploring the world and reestablishing old connections, and sort of writing some of the wrongs that have happened since you've been imprisoned. And you sort of discover as you progress through the game, you discover um, some of your history. But you also like, mm-hmm. and this is, I I think too, like sort of one of the interesting bits here is like the the marriage mechanic, which. Yeah. So you hit a point, and since we both played the DS version, there's Mm -hmm. actually, like, we have to acknowledge that uh, in the original game, there's two bride, uh, like, you you basically, Mm -hmm. you hit a point in the game where you have to choose between two girls in the the OG game. Uh, And I, Nira and Deborah, I think? No, that's Uh, not. Bianca. Bianca.
0: Yeah, because Deborah is that one that's added.
1: Oh, Deborah's is the one who was added. Okay. But yeah, in the DS version, a third daughter or a third option, second daughter was added. And um, depending on what you choose. So if you choose the blue-haired chick, did I think, is it Nira?
0: I think so. Maybe. I don't, I don't remember. I didn't choose her, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it does, I don't
1: care. Um, I don't remember. But like, then your kids have blue hair and mm-hmm. she's a a a sort of a a heavier hitter in the magic department uh Bianca if you marry her in the game and she's i think like the canon bride um yeah because the, then your your kids have blonde hair and she's sort of like a just a well-rounded character she's got some magic and then but she's also got some combat she's kind of like okay but not great and then mm-hmm. Bianca or uh Deborah, who has black hair and she's a an incredibly powerful physical fighter um okay. has like almost no magic, but can like like and she's also like kind of abusive and nasty, <laughs> yes, um <laughs> but like you know all that that really does as far as like sort of like the children is it changes the the color of the sprite's hair, mhm so. Yeah. um but yeah so you end up getting married and you sort of go adventuring and you actually find out that you are sort of the long lost son of this king uh well you are pancras was a king of a country and he left that country because your mother w- was kidnapped by evil monsters mm-hmm. and and that's kind of like interesting and so it's like and and so the thing is now is like the, the quest becomes to like find your mother because she's still alive through through this process you actually whoever you end up marrying she's pregnant uh, with with twins and then you you go back to the castle and you give birth and things happen and you're mm-hmm. you get turned to stone <laughs> into a statue Ugh. and um, it's like you go to this tower to sort of do some investigating of evil. And you get turned into a stone statue and your wife gets turned into a stone statue. Yeah. Um, and then the game ages you out for another like eight years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I got to say too, cause there, there's kind of like a one, two punch here because you just, you know, you learned about your mom and you know, that she's that your dad was looking for your mom and that she got taken away right as you were born. And so it's like, oh, no, this is happening again. You know, like right as your wife has these children. Um, then yeah, you find out this this sequence attacked.
1: has basically, re- like, this is like, so you, your mother is actually, and your bride are both, well, your mother's part of like, what, what are they called? Are there,
0: aren't they Zenithians?
1: Are they zenithians? I, I don't know, but whatever. But like they're like this race of advanced magic users, special, like super enlightened people who commune with the god and of or the goddess of that world and all that other stuff. And your mom's one of those. And mm-hmm. then your wife, depending on whoever you end up marrying, is actually she is of the the legendary heroes bloodline. Yeah. And so because the, the entire time that you're searching, you're searching for the legendary hero so mm-hmm. that the legendary hero can
0: help you rescue your mom or whatever. Yeah. And I, I for one, love that twist. I love the fact that it's, and, you know, it, it definitely, okay, well, it doesn't matter, you know, what woman you choose as your wife, like the story is always going to play out that, oh, well, their line was just, you know, they were part of the, the man. I don't care. What I, I just think that that is a nice twist because like, because Dragon Quest games are so simple in what they, what they try and do. And generally their stories are pretty simple and things like that to, to throw that little angle in there. Cause the whole time you're expecting, oh yeah, of course my main character is going to be the, you know, the character, the, the legendary hero, the legendary because hero. I've played him as a child. I've played him as a teenager. Now I'm playing him as an adult man with children like of course he's going to be the legendary hero and this game's like no actually you're not the one your wife is like definitely there you played a part in it you know marrying her and having children with her but like it's it's her children and then what's what feels super cool and maybe it's just because of the point of life that i'm at is the legendary hero is your son yeah you know so like you get to kind of like and, and not that they take it super far with it. It's a mm-hmm. short game. It's a, again, a simple little RPG in its mechanics and things like that. So it's never, you know, like, well, he can do all these super cool things and whatever, but no, but, but story wise, I just thought that was such a cool, um,
1: well, it's just yeah, a subversion kind of, of the trope where it's like, you are usually like, it's like you said, you as a player, like the main character for you is usually you're the hero. Mm-hmm. and
0: like with amnesia you, who can't talk
1: yeah no, or what, whatever yeah i mean it's <laughs> it's some variant or like you, who wakes up you know and whatever no. or has been summoned to or but it's like you're used to like as as players we are used to sort of that our primary character is like and in a lot of ways the the main character of the game is still the hero well,
0: but and y- that's why, I think that's why it's so cool is like you still, it it's still because of your actions that thing, these things happen. So like you get to see a payoff for the things that you're mm-hmm. doing and it does, it doesn't take away from your main character. That's what I'm trying to say. No, but it um, does but, sort of
1: like, it does sort of like, again, subvert that, that trope there where mm-hmm. it's like.
0: In a satisfying way. Because
1: yeah. Not because, in
0: like a last Jedi way.
1: Because in a lot of ways it's not about you. And it's, yeah. it's about your son. And so mm-hmm. all of this other stuff happens so that your son could be born. Um, yeah. And then, you know, that sort of becomes the, well, your son and your daughter could be born. Right. But your son yes, is yes. the, because you have twins because why not? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you can yeah. round out your party. You Cause you she's a magic humans.
1: user and he's a pretty, you know, beefy fighter slash healer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if you recruit Sancho, you know, you have like, yeah. you know, pretty decent buffer slash, uh, physical melee fighter.
0: Um, nice. did, did you recruit Sancho? I don't think I did. Or if I did, I didn't use him cause I wanted to, I wanted to keep it in the family.
1: Oh, uh, look at you. Look at you. Keep it in the family. Yeah. <laughs> but, um.
0: Yeah, I mean well, I do want to just for a second go, go back to that scene that you talked about where you're turned to stone. And I just have to say they really twist the knife with that scene. Oh yeah. Because it's so long. You know, it's it's probably at least a ten minute cut scene. Yeah. Um, but like as you're being pushed around as these little because people think that you're just statues. You're being pushed around, your wife's statue is taken away, you're given to some other place like it, oh my goodness that entire time I'm just like no and, Well you watch no, you watch no. this
1: scene sort of like the seasons sort of roll past yep. you actually yep. you watch the family that lives in this house you watch their child be born and mm-hmm. him start to grow up and walk around and everything else and yeah
0: Yeah that one scene is probably the most impactful just because it carries that that weight of like oh this has happened before now this is happening to you yeah yeah and and it helps to solidify to not even not that you really needed it because he literally murdered your dad in front of your eyes but this bad guy you want to like stomp his oh, face dude, he's he's know, such like a piece of crap him. he's yeah. such
1: a piece of crap like yeah. and it's it's like one of those things too where like when you do finally like stomp on him like that's it that's like all the fight you could bring this you what the <laughs> crap like
0: yeah yeah. But anyways, anyways, that that scene is just so good because of how it just like rips your heart right out of your chest.
1: But yeah, the, I mean, like and the, I think like the thing is like this game, the what I ended up appreciating is like yeah, the way that it sort of flips the script and sort of like again that subversion of the trope. But then like the 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 pacing issues, like I said like I think like the imprisonment camp and then the even being turned stone, mm-hmm. like those are two really sort of like bold choices because like mm-hmm. in a lot of, in a lot of these like y- you know like these are not momentary setbacks like in throughout mm-hmm. the course of the game it's like you basically lo- you lose like 15 20 years of of your character's life yeah to the the sort of the the machinations of the bad guy and that's i don't know There there is something that i really liked about that that i thought was like yeah, you know, this is this is good, and not just in a way that like I mean, the game is the, the gameplay is satisfying in and of itself. But I thought that that those story hooks, those lines, were really pretty useful, pretty rad. But yeah, I, I mean, yeah, in a lot of ways, though, like the the thing is, the game isn't that complicated because like no. you end up going and sort of. Well, you, you don't rescue your mom because she ends up dying, but
0: Mm -hmm. you (laughs) You meet her, (laughs) you
1: meet her and then she dies and she ascends into heaven with your ghost dad, um, (laughs) which is like theologically kind of bonkers and weird. And it's not a take I would recommend anybody sort of hold on to, but I do, I, you know, like, and you know, eventually you end up, the, the game culminates in you beating some sort of dark lord, you know, with, mm-hmm. with his like super funky script talk. And right. Like, it's like, it's it's like proto-elite, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. I was like, I was reading, it. I was like, oh, they're using like weird symbols and stuff for for letters and numbers. That's weird. But <laughs> the game ends and, you know, you and your family beat the bad guy. And you've restored peace to the land. hmm And it's like and that's it. That's really just kind of like
0: Eh. Yeah. Did you yeah. do it's a Dragon Quest game.
1: Did you fight the the behemoth the the behemoth?
0: Oh yeah. Is it oh, yeah.
1: yeah, that was that was kind of a that was an interesting fight. That was where I actually just started like buffing the
0: crap out of everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I yeah I tried fighting it like as soon as I could access that and it wiped the floor with me so I was like peace I'll come back later yeah. and then yeah before before ascending the final tower and doing that stuff then I went to fight it again and I beat I do it. kabuff and then whatever the mm-hmm. the attack power like
1: buff is so I had like mm-hmm. kabuff and I would just kabuff and kabuff and kabuff and kabuff and kabuff, and kabuff yep which yep. just like. Made it so that I was only taking like three damage instead
0: of like 40. Yeah, um, yeah, you have to. Yeah, buffs and debuffs are, are good in this game. Um, yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. Not quite to the level of Shin Megami Tensei where it's like absolutely necessary, but it is certainly helpful. It's it's definitely not like Final Fantasy where they barely do anything at all. Anyways, yeah, So so really I think the charm of this game comes from its story. Which is why they decided to make a movie yeah. out of this. Out of all the Dragon Quest, there there have been some spinoff stuff, manga. Uh, I think there was even an anime, but I could be wrong about that. Well, there's, no, there's, there, there's it, coming up. There is an anime. That's right.
1: It's out. Okay, it's out. Um, okay, I, th- I think it's you know. Oh no, it's on uh it's on my Verve slash Crunchyroll. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Or VRV and and Crunchyroll, but. Yeah, yeah, so there is an anime. Um, and well, and it's been out for a while. It was and it's it's significantly older, but yeah. Okay. So th- they made this th- this movie, and here's here's what I will say. Like, if you're still listening to this and we spoiled the game for you, mm. might as well watch the movie at this point in time because yeah, all, in a lot of ways, it is just a sort of a retelling of the story almost beat for beat up until. Well, it gets real weird at the end, like super duper weird. And I'm not even talking about like the ways that like, so the behemoth moose or the the behemoth (laughs) moose, like you tame that when you're never given that option in the gameplay. Um, Mm -hmm. But you can, you sort of cure it and it sort of goes away. But it was very much, that was like very much a, a Chekhov's gun moment. I was like, this is going to come back in the dumbest possible way. <laughs> like they're, they're going to use this to like fight the bad guy or whatever. And no, instead they use it to fling a boat full of soldiers <laughs> up mm. on the, the, the tower of the final encounter. Um, but yeah. So like it just, it goes sort of like beat for beat, like the, even like the turning to stone, the being in prison, it covers all of that stuff. It, Mm-hmm. sort of I thought actually the scene with Pancras's death in that in the the uh CG Netflix
0: mm-hmm. special was very very poignant like super poignant yeah. so yeah yeah I liked I liked the scene too where uh the hero character when he's older he talks to himself as a kid uh, I thought that was well done in the movie as well Oh yeah cuz um, there are some time travel hijinks. mm mm-hmm. Mhm Yes. Yeah, yeah. The the slight there's like one part in the game. It's it's not it's not a huge deal, but uh, it it's it's a fun little scene. Um, yeah. There's there's not lots of time travel throughout the game, uh, but yeah. Basically, it it covers in. I mean, what's the movie like? An hour and a half. Like yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's pretty short. Um, but it basically covers the story as as well. In my opinion, pretty much as well as you could have in that short amount of time, like it does a very admirable job. Yes, it makes some changes, but like yeah, you have to make concessions it when ca- you're like it catches down the story beats and the, the points and like it, yeah. you know, it doesn't
1: it doesn't really like there 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 are bits and pieces. Like, you know, well yeah. So in, in your opening bit you alluded to Dr. Agon or Agon, uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah. Who, you know, it's dragon duh. <laughs> uh, but he is the zenith dragon. What? And there are things that are preventing him from fully embracing his dragon-ishness or whatever. And mm-hmm. he shows up in the movie and
0: in the game. That that little period right after the R. That's what that's what's doing. Well, he
1: needs the golden orb to remove that period right. so that he can mm-hmm. have his power back or whatever. <laughs> um, and in the game, all the dry the zenith dragon does is really provide you just flight like transportation so that mm-hmm. you can approach the last area and uh i don't know like so th- the the problem though is that this game or this movie goes completely off the rails 5 minutes from the end like yep so in the movie it turns out that you are watching a character who is basically which is made me kind of laugh cuz like uh, you know the way that we have talked about like uh, ready player 2 Um, Mm -hmm. I was like, basically plugs into a rig and sort of- (laughs) It's a hell of a rig. (laughs) It's it's a hell of a rig. Um, That is a reference to 392 pages uh, (laughs) and Ernest Klein's opus, the original uh, Ready Player One. Uh, But so it turns out that your character, like the, the person that you've been watching this movie through like their sort of perspective and through the rest- He's actually like playing a simulation, and it's such like a mm-hmm. high tech simulation that his brain actually got like the the like the the game casts like sort of an imaginary amnesia over him. So he just like is like living it out in this game. Yeah, and the final enemy of this this movie is mm-hmm. a computer virus that's meant to destroy this and then by the, through the power of the slime which is your companion slime which goober or whatever
0: uh, <laughs> that's right
1: um <laughs> which is actually the antivirus like you and and positivity you defeat this anti dragon quest monster it is
0: mm-hmm. it is
1: like guys it is so weird and dumb and it just like mm-hmm. kind of made me go like it made me scratch my head, which I mean that's not that big a deal. I've scratched my head several times tonight, but that's mostly because <laughs> my head kind of itches. And yes, I wash my hair. Don't be gross. Um <laughs> But it's just it's so weird. It's such a weird deviation and just such a weird mm-hmm. sort of like
0: what? Kinda well, f- and it brings up a couple things. So I think I I think it's coming from a place of a place of love that sounds so cheesy but i mean that like because japan loves this game yeah. so much yeah th- that's what it brings out because this th- the main character the guy who's playing the game who's playing this vr simulation um it shows how obsessed he is with this game and he finally now gets to play like that he you know used to play this super famicom game over and over and over again And he felt like he had relationships with all these characters and kind of a thing. And so now he gets to play this VR version of it. And so, you know, that plays into this whole amnesia thing of just like really just loving this game so much um, because it felt so... because it meant... because of everything that it meant to him. Yeah. And honestly I'm of two minds about that. Because on the one hand, like, oh, like that's really, you know not to not, that's sorry paul that's problematic it's you very know? problematic like it's super like duper problematic mm-hmm. i'm just I, gonna keep saying it because <laughs> <laughs> because on the other hand like no i i get it i get from the, i get with you know like narnia you know that i read those books in my childhood years and continued to to read them as i got older and i do feel like i'm friends with some of those characters you know yeah. what I mean, like because yeah, yeah, of yeah. the imaginative, because of the way that it hit me, how young that I was, and that's what it brings out in this movie also. It's not just like, oh yeah, I was you know a twenty year old who who just stayed at home and played games in the basements all the time like no it it, it talks about how he was a kid and, and like made friends with it. So I get like from the, just like a purely imaginative standpoint, like why you would feel that way about these characters. It's just that now he's grown up and he's still so like attached in love with these things that it's just like, Oh, it's almost like he's kind of stunted in his own growth. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it it, it did kind of like, it's
1: uh, very much like sort of this. Yeah. It's like, this is like so holds such a high point for him that like he needs to sort of recapture this and re mm-hmm. like he needs to experience this in a more profound and deeper sort of way versus just playing the Super Nintendo game. Now he's going to sort of like live this adventure out, and mm-hmm. it's, it does speak to some sort of like, and, and I don't think the 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 creators of the movie meant it this way, but it does sort of speak to some like. You no, know, basically super flawed presuppositions about just his life and what, what mm. he should be doing with it and sort of like what he's built his life around. Um, yeah. Yeah, that ending's super weird. Like It is. Uh, you know, guys, I would just recommend play the game first. I know you've already listened to our spoiler cast and you've already had it <laughs> ruined, um, which was an incredibly silly thing to do. Um, but (laughs) you're the one who did it. Not me. Don't blame me. Don't blame Josh. Blame yourself. Nope. Um, but watch the the movie's fun and the the movie's actually really like, it is a, a quality is a very good looking animation sort of style Mm -hmm. vibe you know, and like, I would have been perfectly content in the movie if they would have just like, just told the story and been done. But when I saw that giant ship full of soldiers get launched up, like, and it's just like coming out of the sky, I was like, Mm -hmm. really? Like, this is, this is the move guys. I'm like, no,
0: no, this is bad. This is bad. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I, I had fun with it. I enjoyed it. I think, um, I think what they were trying to do with that whole ending storyline was to show how beloved the game is. Yeah, yeah. And from that standpoint, I'm I kind of like the fact that they took such a a hard turn, like a, they took chances with the movie. Unfortunately, I'm not sure that it translated the way that they wanted it to, because no. it al- almost feels like a veiled critique of like not being able to let go of the past, and uh, even though it does wrap up in the end, and so feel like it didn't quite stick the landing, even though I do, I like what they were trying to do. If that makes it, like yeah. I applaud them for trying, even though it was pretty flawed. I th- I think that's a. I think
1: like it's a an interesting. It's I'm putting on my slippers, which is great radio, <laughs> um, but it's it's an interesting sort of like take. It's an interesting idea, but yeah, the the landing just kind of was like it's a the landing's a little wah wah wah. In my opinion, mm-hmm. it's kind of like yeah. yeah. So all of that being said. You know, when we, when we look at these, these games and I think like, and again, you know, even in sort of looking at the movie and just the story that these things are telling, you know, we we do have a question that we kind of like to ask when it comes to games and how we, but but how should we then play Dragon Quest five, Josh, are there Mm -hmm. any sort of like standout things where you say like, this should be kept in mind or whatever. I'll be, perfectly honest there aren't any, like I think, and this maybe is just sort of part of like, you know, games of a bygone era, but there aren't any really like problematic themes that pop out to me as far as the the game itself goes. I think it has a fairly good, a fairly healthy view of family. um, Yeah. On, on multiple sort of levels and counts, Uh, you know, your children sort of, Join you in your quest, which I mm-hmm. do have to sort of like, I mean, like granted your, your son is the hero of the ages and and your daughter is a fairly accomplished sort of magic user. But still like, who's going to bring like nine year olds or eight year olds on, you know, a life or death <laughs> adventure with them. I'm just, you know, sort of throwing that one out there. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah. um, it worked out for him though. So yeah. Bold I'm, move.
1: Bold. Yeah. Bold move, sir. <laughs> bold move, <cotton. laughs> Let's see how that plays out for him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think, too, there isn't quite anything else like this in its own genre. Like, even today, I, I can't think of anything that I've played that has this same sort of theme of family Um, that does it in such a way where, you know, you're you're this character. I mean, a lot of things that we've already talked about is that you see this character progress throughout his life from when he was a child, you see his father. And then you see him kind of growing into adulthood. And then when he's older, he's a father of his own and he has his own children. And um, so, yes, there are some things mechanically that suffer because of the story that they wanted to tell with this game. Um, And, I mean, not to defend it, you know outright not, not to be too biased I'll put it that way um but it is a dragon quest game mechanically it's a simple game um but so are a lot of dragon quest games but you know to to the critique that there's not you know a, a big cast of characters or anything like that i i kind of like how different it is i kind of like how it is because here's the thing it's very focused it's focused on the story that it wants to tell it's focused on the Relationships between the characters, and it doesn't need to be anything more than that.
1: Yeah. And, you, you know, I think to sort of going to some of the more technical aspects of this, you know, mm-hmm. when we brought it before, this is a 30 ish hour game, you know, sort of at the, the farthest end of the spectrum. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, be mindful of your time, but like, if you don't want to yeah. spend months playing through Persona 5, this might be a viable option if you have it on hand. Um, yeah, because I think it is. You, you know, it's it's not super heavy. Doesn't demand a lot from the player, and as much as like it's not a super technical game. Mm-hmm. It's just you can sort of almost plug and play. So
0: yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I would just forewarn you that you may not feel because because the mechanics are much more simple it might not be the most engaging from a gameplay standpoint you know you're not going to continuously it, it provides a challenge certainly um but it is pretty standard jrpg mm-hmm. fair for the most part you may not love that all the time but the story was enough for me and the characters were enough for me yeah. to to push through all that. And I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's up there with some of my favorite dragon quest games. Um, and actually speaking of which, where would you put this in, in terms of your favorites? How does this rank? I know, I know you're a huge fan of eight. I think right now it goes eight, three, one. Okay. Yeah. I,
1: you know, we, we were sort of asking that question in Discord a little bit. And Mm. I think eight is still my favorite. Uh, Wesley sort of he he is of the opinion that once I p- play eleven, it will sort of brush eight sort of out of the runnings or whatever. But mm-hmm. I I like it. It's it's like I said. It's probably my my second favorite. Okay, like or eight eight five one.
0: It, okay, gotcha. It is.
1: I'm sorry, my brain. Like I'm getting tired, and like yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to fight it off, but it, eight five one gotcha so it's it is my it is my i was thinking it's in my top three and that's Mm -hmm. why i was like 831 but gotcha so brain okay brain no worky so yeah
0: that that makes sense i'm i'm having a hard time uh deciding i would probably say that it's my favorite dragon quest although i would readily admit that eight is better mechanically like I I had more fun with eight than I did with this one. I just, yeah, I just like the story and the characters, and and it 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 does something very unique. Where, Mm -hmm. um, not to bash eight, um, but it wasn't quite as unique. Oh, but those characters are so good too, dude. I honestly, I think like the (laughs) character design
1: for eight eight eight's cast of characters is like eight's hero is. My favorite Dragon Quest hero.
0: Okay. Period, okay.
1: Hands down. Yeah. Of course, though I do like the sort of like the purple turban robe sort of mm-hmm. setup for the hero in five. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I think like all of the the heroes in the Dragon Quest games have sort of a fairly iconic look. Even yeah. Even the Eirik era stuff mm-hmm so yeah
0: just go play the smash brothers and play all kinds of heroes
1: yeah it, it gives you like four vanity sort of options <laughs> or whatever like you can swap through four or five and then it's mm-hmm. some some it's just a palette swaps yeah but yeah nice you, you know it, it's odd because this game you know it's like we said it's 30 40 hours long and we only spent like an hour talking about it And Mm -hmm. we we spent like an hour and a half talking about other things.
0: (laughs) Well, and it actually hasn't been that long, but you know, i
1: mean be, I mean, smart. Um, Or yeah, I'm trying to, I'm actually probably being kind of dumb and tired,
0: Um, (laughs) but all right. It's just how some of these things go, you know, and, and we didn't spend that much time talking about the movie, but we did enjoy it. If you've got thoughts on the movie or on the game and, you know, some things that we didn't cover. There's tons of ways that you can uh, hit us up, and maybe we'll, you know, take a look at it in the future as well, or certainly on the next episode. Uh, you can email us at the backlog at gmail On Twitter, our handle is at bb downcast. We do have our group, the Backlog Book Club, on Facebook, and then we also have a Discord server, which is a lot of fun to hang out in. Uh, if you want to reach out to each of us personally, you can do that um, anywhere. You know, Twitter, PSN. Facebook, Instagram, all that GG, all that fun stuff. I generally go by Broccolope, which is B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E. And Nate goes by... Nate underscore McKeever. Yeah. If you enjoy what we do, we would humbly encourage you to rate or review uh, the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, subscribe. Hopefully you're subscribed and share it with some friends. That'd be great. We do also have a Patreon, so that hour and a half that we spent talking before the actual episode, you can listen to that. A, a patron at any level, you can get some of our bro hangs where we talk about whatever the heck we want to talk about. Um, and sometimes there's ranting, and a lot of times there, most most of the, they're they're basically just rants, but yeah, we have fun with them. Well,
1: a, a lot. It feel. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, it feels like for the most part, like those do tend to be a lot more lighthearted. But every, like, today's or tonight's was a little heavy. But
0: yeah, it it was like it was like half and half. It yeah. was, but no, yeah, there there are fun topics in there. There's some venting, frustration stuff in there. Anyways, we it's, just yeah, we just talk about whatever's on our mind. And we have a good time with it. If you um, like the
1: the 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 chit chat and the sort of like the catching up and stuff. A lot of, there's a lot more of that mm-hmm. that sort of goes on in the brohang. And if you don't like yeah. that, well then uh, you, you know, I I guess you're not missing out then.
0: <laughs> we uh, are also proudly a member of the Playwell Network, along yeah. with uh the Hench and Dad podcast, uh mm-hmm. the Retro Station, and Tales from the Rusty Speeder.
1: <laughs>
0: that, that was my <laughs> pew pew. But nice. It's, nice.
1: It's not very good pew pew. <laughs> but uh well I'm tired I think you're tired I think we have done all the things it's it's late we have talked about all the things that we I think we really wanted to talk about with this game and uh yeah I'd say um we should call it a night so we have
0: done Sounds what good.
1: we came here to do What should they do Josh
0: Guys you keep beating down your backlogs and we'll keep breaking down the benefits And the final word goes to me. I'm going to bed.